Remember the good old days before Microsoft Word had autosave? You'd type up some important document and then your computer would freeze and you'd lose hours of work just because you forgot to hit save? Well, that's what it's like going online without ExpressVPN. Every time you're connected to an unencrypted network, whether it's in an airport, a hotel, a cafe, or anywhere, your online data is not secure. Any person on that same network who knows what they're doing can gain access to your personal data. Bank logins, credit card details, passwords, all the stuff you don't want people seeing. Unfortunately, hacking has become much easier than it used to be. People don't even have to be exceptionally skilled to do it, and there's a lot of money to be made by selling your information on the dark web. ExpressVPN stops hackers from stealing your data by creating a secure, encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet. It's incredibly easy to use. Once the app is running, you literally click one button to get protected. And it works on your phone, laptop, tablet, and more, so you can stay protected on the go. I've been using ExpressVPN for a little while now, and I can rest easy knowing my info is safe and secure. I've heard horror stories of people who've been hacked, and it sounds like a massive pain to try to get any resolution in the aftermath, so I am not interested in finding out what that process is like. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash slashfilm, and you can get an extra three months free. expressvpn.com slash slashfilm. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Slash Film Daily for Thursday, February 7th, 2019. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the latest film and TV news. This is Slash Film Editor-in-Chief Peter Soretta. And joining me on today's podcast is Slash Film Senior Writer Ben Pearson. Hey, what's going on? And writer Chris Evangelista. Hi. And uh, we, we got a bunch of news to talk about today. But before we get into the news, I want to talk about this feature that I wrote on the site. It got published yesterday. I guess it's kind of a mini feature. It's kind of a joke to actually call it a feature. Uh, but it was titled Star Wars Episode Nine title. What should it be and when can we expect it? And this came about because Anthony Daniels, the actor who plays C-3PO, put out this vague tweet uh, on Monday basically saying that something was heading towards us. A lot of people theorized that this would be a teaser trailer for the new Star Wars Episode Nine. Uh, I, and like many other people, like you, Chris, uh, theorized that it could have been the Star Wars Episode Nine title. Um, there happened to be a Disney investors meeting the following day, yesterday, or on Tuesday, um, and a lot of people tuned in to that, ex- hoping and expecting that the title for J.J. Abrams' last film in the Skywalker saga was going to be announced and and basically nothing came of it. But um but because I had a day to think about it, I wanted to put something down here because uh, a lot of people have been asking me when will we get the Star Wars episode 9 title and uh, I put together a big post here but basically I looked back at history um, the history of the Disney Star Wars films. So, for example, uh, The Force Awakens, they revealed the title on November 6, 2014. That was a year and a month before the film came out. And for Star Wars The Last Jedi, they revealed the title on January 23rd, 2017, about 11 months before the film came out. So we, we are at that range right now. We're at like 11 months or a little less than 11 months. So I think we're going to get a title soon. Um the question is, what is the title going to be? Uh, I, I put a lot of thought. I go into the history of the, you know, all, all the the uh, 
eight titles that we've gotten thus far in the Skywalker saga. And you can read about uh, how there's, you know, fluctuations. There's usually, you know, it goes from a new hope, which is the light side of the force to the dark side, the Empire Strikes Back, back to Return of the Jedi, the light side. So there's there's that pattern. There is um, th- there's patterns that you can look at. At these titles and see, like, usually there is at least one movie that has a blank of the blank. You know, like in the original trilogy, we got Return of the Jedi. In the prequel trilogies, uh, we got Attack of the Clones and Revenge of the Sith. Um, And in this trilogy, we have yet to get one of those. So I've theorized that maybe maybe the title would be a blank of the blank title. Um, There was like this leak on reddit that claiming that it was balance of the force but that's also the name of a a a star wars video pinball game so i'm not sure that that's gonna happen so anyways uh you can go read my article i'll link in the show notes i go through a bunch of options that uh we came down to of, of what uh could possibly be the title i think my favorite title that i was able to come up with is a last hope and I like that because I feel like J.J. with this movie is not just rounding out this trilogy of story. He This is going to be a conclusion to the Skywalker saga as a whole. And I, even though you know A New Hope is not episode one in that story, it was the first film, I feel like A Last Hope will would bring it, you know, either A Last Hope or A Final Hope, uh, The Last Hope, um, I think would bring it full circle. But I wanted to ask you guys if you had any ideas. Ben, uh, what do you think the title for Episode Nine could be? I like your idea of the full circle thing. I'm just not convinced that a last hope is going to work because the word last was in the most recent movie with The Last Jedi. So I don't know if they would do that. Um, if I, I don't final know. hope? <laughs> Maybe, yeah. Um, I, I'm also wondering if it would be something like something super cheesy like dawn of the light or something that that sort of you know that that doesn't necessarily have that that um ending vibe but instead sort of sets up the franchise to take a different direction and like start you know like the dawning of a new day kind of thing um because lucasfilm probably doesn't want to just end this and and call it a day after this movie so uh i don't know that that's the best i can come up with i've never been good at guessing these star wars titles though chris do you have any guesses here I mean, all I can say is I don't think it'll have last in the title. and I don't think it'll have Jedi in the title because they were just used. I also think it's going to be somewhat uplifting. Like it's not going to like it's not going to have something dark in the title. It's not going to be like the Knights of Ren or the, you know, the First Order, blah, blah, blah. Like it's going to have some sort of hopeful conclusion because it's the last movie in this saga. That's that's all I can guess. Beyond that, I really don't. I don't think I've ever successfully predicted what one of these titles would be yeah and uh they've never reused the noun so like they've never you know we don't expect there to be jedi in here again or we don't expect there to use force again but i mean who knows they they could go off off the the plan of the you know eight films (laughs) titles before it uh one of the someone on reddit suggested that it could be ashes of the empire and that is another line that was in the Force Awakens crawl. If you remember, the last Je- the last Jedi was actually in the Force Awakens crawl, and like about two lines above that is Ashes of the Empire, which I think would be maybe a fitting 
end to this series as a whole, but I think you were right, Chris. That doesn't that doesn't uh, have a positive vibe to it, right? The ashes. Of the yeah, it sounds too dark. Like ashes sounds very foreboding. It, it would, I don't think that's going to be the title, but I could be wrong. You never know. Yeah, some people seem to think that the title is going to be hidden in one of the previous films. So uh, some people are suggesting a new order or. The Rebellion is Reborn, or uh, Spark of Hope, I think, is my favorite of those. Like, Spark of Hope is positive, right? Yeah, that that would definitely, yeah, and that's in the uh, the crawl for Last Jedi, I believe. So that would definitely be a possibility. Yeah, and, and so many people are saying the Knights of Ren. I think the Knights of Ren will play a part in this final installment, but I don't think, like, even... They're not going to get their own, like, title. Like, that yeah. Seems- ridiculous like (laughs) (laughs) yeah my my, my favorite thing was all the people on twitter basically putting joke titles out there like there was episode nine the star wars story uh chris i think you were getting into it in the slack too you like had like episode nine end game i can't even remember yeah Yeah, everything i think of is just immediately a joke (laughs) because i'm an asshole i can't think of like a serious thing for some reason (laughs) yeah but i do think we're gonna get this soon i think we're gonna get our first trailer at uh, Celebration, which I think is in April-ish. Mm-hmm. So um, maybe March we'll get the title because February is not over yet, but it's already begun. Maybe yeah. March. But even now, this would be the latest. E- even if it was announced today, this is the latest we would have gotten a title from Disney on one of the Skywalker Saga films. Uh, they have Dude, released like the other, like the standalone films a little bit later. Like I remember yeah. Solo was announced like really late. But uh, And also, usually these titles are announced at the end of production, like the final day of principal photography. This film is still shooting, and I think it's expected to end photography sometime this month. So that's my guess. But uh, you can read my whole article going over that and many other titles. Uh, and uh, if you have any t- title suggestions, leave them in the comments there or email us at peter at slash film.com. Uh, but let's move on to another huge franchise, Chris. Let's talk about the Avatar sequels. Uh, yes, we have a whole bunch of Avatar news. Um, three separate items. So one is back in November, we we learned a whole bunch of uh, potential Avatar sequel titles. These titles leaked. And they were Avatar, The Way of Water. Avatar, The Seed Bearer, which is my favorite. Avatar, The Tolkien Rider. And Avatar, The Quest for Iwa, I don't know how you say that, but so those are the titles, and the, the minute they leaked, everyone was like, these can't be real, they sound ridiculous. But James Cameron, who you know runs all things Avatar, recently gave an interview where he said that those titles have been, they're in the running. So they're real titles, they're considering, they just haven't finalized them yet. So there's a very good chance Avatar the Seed Bearer will be a real movie <laughs> sometime soon. The, so, Tol- yeah, he- the Tolkien Rider sounds like a Star Wars parody title, like the like the Tuscan yeah. Raider or something. Um, I think we talked about this when these first came out on the podcast, and I think we all uh, like came to the conclusion that it was a joke. Right. We thought, like, there's no way this is real. But Cameron says uh, those titles are among titles that are in consideration, and no final decisions have been made yet. So somewhere in the offices of James Cameron, there's like a whiteboard where they have the seed bearer written out in, <laughs> in marker. And he's gonna, he, like, he circles it one day. He's like, yes, this is the one we'll be using this title. 
You know, we're, so, we're, we're going to get a uh, a negative review on our iTunes review now, Chris, that you didn't know how to say Iwa. I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry for all the Iwaians out there. Um, next up, uh, Kate Winslet. Kate Winslet is in the movie. Uh, and in, in, I don't know, I guess she's in all the sequels. And uh, when Mission Impossible Rogue Nation came out, there was this whole big deal made about the fact that Tom Cruise held his breath for six minutes underwater, which is like a new record. Uh, but John Landau, the producer of the Avatar sequels, revealed recently that for uh, shooting the sequels, Kate Winslet actually held her breath seven minutes underwater. So Kate Winslet just one-upped Tom Cruise, and he's probably going to be furious about that and <laughs> jump off a roof or something to get over it, and then he'll, he'll be fine again. So now, Kate I- Winslet... I'm no Scientologist, and I'm not like Tom Cruise mega fan. But I'm going to call bullshit on this, okay? Wait, you, you think they're lying to just? No, no. Well, well, first of all, well, first of all, this is interesting because we know that the sequel is going to take place, uh, take us to the inside the oceans of Pandora, which I assume is going to be like Episode One and uh, Naboo. But um, uh, the her, I, I think he says in the quote that. It, it, she was able to stay underwater like a uh, still or wait, what was the actual wording? He says Kate Winslet had to train in this and she got up to a static breath hold of just about seven minutes. OK, so now, now he, Tom Cruise, what he did in the movie, which is poorly presented in the actual movie itself, because yes. like they cut and their CG and whatever. But like originally I think the plan was to show a six minute long shot of him underwater doing that whole climactic sequence. And he was able to do it, but apparently it just didn't look good. So they edited it to death and it becomes unimpressive when you're cutting away. That's him in motion actually doing stuff. This is her like sitting and not (laughs) exerting herself. Uh, and I do know the difference between this because I am, you know, as you know, I'm a big fan of magic and I follow David Blaine. I watched, I saw David Blaine live in, uh, the Dolby, uh, theater and he was, I think he was, uh, in there for, I think like nine minutes underwater. Uh, but he has an incredible Ted talk that if you've never seen it, talking about his journey to try to break the record, which I think was like some insane thing like 15 or 20 minutes or something um Jeez. yeah but uh if you you should watch that ted talk because it's legit and it's not magic and it's him talking about the the struggles and how you're able to accomplish the superhuman thing and spoiler alert it requires technology that you wouldn't have you know 50 years you know 20 years ago or whatever but um yeah i don't know i'm not saying it's not impressive but i'm just saying if Kate Winslet and Tom Cruise were going to go at each other in a stunt off. I think Tom Cruise is going to win here. Ben, am I wrong? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> uh, I mean, I, I... oh man, this is now I'm just thinking about what that would even be like. And I want to see that as a reality show. And man, I'm, I'm all on board for that. Okay. Uh, let's move on to the last bit of Avatar news. Uh, and that in- involves the filming. Yeah. So we had originally heard uh the the first two sequels had wrapped shooting but apparently what happened is they've wrapped the motion capture shooting and what they have still to do is is live action shooting you know everyone thinks of the avatar movies as almost like entirely digital because that's how they look but there apparently is going to be some live action shooting and this is actually going to evolve um 
Edie Falco, who was recently announced as cast. And that's that's why they just announced her as being cast, because she actually hasn't filmed her scenes yet. So she's filming stuff in live action, which I guess is going to be like the base or whatever. I remember like in the first movie, there's a scene yeah. where they're in like a bunker and that's real. So I guess they're going to shoot a bunch of scenes of her in like one room looking at computers. That's what I'm guessing they have to shoot now. Yeah, there was those scenes in, in the base and there was also the scene of... um. Oh my God! What is the main character, the actor in Avatar? Sam name? Worthington. Yeah, Sam Worthington, like getting out of like that spaceship and his wheelchair and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. I would, I would say probably if I were to estimate, there is probably like maybe one fifth of that movie has live action in it. I don't know. Maybe I don't know. It all looks kind of yeah. But then again, when I saw it, I saw it in three D, so everyone lo- everything looked kind of fake. So I don't know. It does seem crazy to me that. They have completed their principal motion capture photography. I think they did it in like uh, Manhattan Beach, which is near Los Angeles. And for their live action uh, photography, they're going to have to go to New Zealand. Like, yeah, that I don't understand why they're doing that, especially if they're going to be like indoors. Maybe they are going to shoot stuff outdoors. Otherwise, it seems like a huge waste of money to fly to New Zealand and shoot everything inside. So I don't know. Maybe there's like a, a big set there they're using. Yeah. Um, that, that's probably, you, you make some sense here, Chris. It's almost as if, uh, you do this for a living. Yes. Who knows? <laughs> uh, but let's move on from that, uh, franchise to another franchise, the Jumanji franchise and talk about, uh, Jumanji two, or maybe it's three, uh, welcome Jumanji. Welcome to the jungle two. I don't know. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know what they're going to call it because it's kind of confusing, but, uh, it, it, they have announced some casting for this which is a little bit confusing, but uh, Ben, tell us about it. Yeah, so Nick Jonas, who played a character in Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, is going to be coming back to reprise that role in Jumanji 3 or whatever it's going to be called. It'll probably have some other dumb subtitle. But uh, So we know that Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart and Jack Black and Karen Gillan are going to be coming back, and all of the younger, like the teenage actors who um, you know got sucked into a video game in the previous movie, those actors are all coming back as well. But now uh, the Hollywood Reporter says that Nick Jonas is going to be coming back. And in uh, Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle, he played a guy named Jefferson Seaplane McDonough, who was the avatar of a kid from 1996 who got sucked into the game and spent two decades there. He, he was basically like living in Robin Williams' character's treehouse in that movie. Uh, and then the wait, movie... Wait, wait a second here. Yeah. <laughs> let's, give a, let's give a spoiler warning for anybody yeah, who has just... yet to see Jumanji Welcome to the Jungle. Uh, you can skip the next minute or two. Yes, exactly. So I'm about I'm about to ruin the ending of the movie. So, all right, just to give people enough time to leave, here we go. Uh, the second film ends with the teenagers escaping the game, and then they actually encounter a grown-up version of Alex, who is the the kid who got sucked in the game in 1996, and now he's played by Colin Hanks, who says that the game spit him out right where he started. Uh, he has a wife and two kids now. And so everything is all hunky dory. It's all great. So the the thing about bringing Nick Jonas's character back is, does that mean that Colin Hanks is going to be teaming up with these teenagers again for whatever happens in this new movie? Or does it mean that all of the video game avatars who, quote unquote, live inside the world of Jumanji are maybe going to be coming out into the real world for this new movie? The plot details are still under wraps, so we don't know 
what is going to happen in this new sequel in Jumanji 3. So we're all just sort of like left wondering what the hell any of this even means. Um, do you guys have any thoughts about this? Do you, do you, need, do you have any, um, I guess, uh, <laughs> any wishes for what you would want to see in this sequel? Because I know you guys both like this movie a little bit better than I did. Uh, I mean, well, you know, technically they're avatars. It's like if you were playing Mortal Kombat and you were playing Scorpion and then I came in the room and I played Scorpion, it'd be like, you know, we're not both the same person. So maybe it's just someone else gets sucked into the game and turns into that avatar. That's Mm -hmm. my only thought. Uh, Or like you said, they come out of the game. I don't know. This all sounds dumb to me. So I don't (laughs) I I would personally hate it if they come out of the game. Like, I don't even understand what that would, how that would work. I mean, not that there are any real rules to Jumanji. Well, that's what basically the first movie. Yeah, that's what Yeah, the first movie is the game escapes. So, yeah. I don't know. But I don't want to see the character. I don't know. It's. My my only guess about Jumanji 3 is that in order to shake things up, all of the characters end up with different avatars this time around because that would just give Dwayne Johnson and Kevin Hart and those guys uh, an opportunity to play different characters like to associate with different of the you know different teenagers in the thing and not just redo what they did in the previous movie um so that's actually a good idea yeah that's funny yeah Yeah. maybe one of those other kids well maybe one of those other teenagers will choose nick jonas's avatar in uh, jumanji 3 so i don't know that that's my guess that could be a lot of fun i i see that as i hope they go in that direction i really just don't want to see the rock in our world i don't know that just doesn't sound appealing to me but um let's move on to another story and this is something that broke last night uh i am a huge fan of the muppets and i've been awaiting for them to finally make another return uh disney's been kind of you know screwing it up lately and uh it, it has been revealed that they might be getting their own disney plus uh tv series uh, for that streaming service that Disney is going to launch later this year. And uh, it's Josh Gad and the Once Upon a Time creators that are working on this. Ben, what do we know? Yeah, so the Splash Report says that Josh Gad, who is a voice actor of Frozen, he's been in a ton of Disney-related properties, is working with uh, Edward Kitsis and Adam Horowitz, who are the creators of ABC's Once Upon a Time, and that's also under the Disney umbrella, to create a new Muppets show called Muppets Live Another Day for Disney+. Plus. Um, that sounds like a pretty cool name. Uh, the idea of the Muppets coming to Disney+, Plus makes a ton of sense, because it seems like, as you've alluded to, Peter, you know, this franchise has been sort of fumbling around a little bit. I, I We were talking about this a little bit before we started recording, but I really liked the, the original Muppet movies and also the one from, like, 2011 with Jason Segel in it. Um, but everything outside of that... Muppet related has been sort of uh, a bust, really. So the idea that they're coming to Disney Plus makes a lot of sense to me. I think that's a a great home for them. Um, As of now, the series is expected to arrive on Disney Plus in 2020. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think about this? Well, you know, I'm a huge fan of the Muppets from, you know, their original uh, TV series, the Muppet Babies, to the original films. I feel like when when Jim died and his son, Brian Henson, took it over, it kind of lost a little bit of the magic. It ended up being like a lot of these, like, let's adapt these classic stories and have the Muppets not as the main characters. And I, I know, who was it, Ben? Were you the one that loved uh, Muppets Christmas Carol? Which I think is the best of that bunch. 
I think that's Chris. Or was that Chris? Oh, uh, yeah, I love Muppets yeah. Carol. Yeah, yeah. there's someone on this podcast, I remember. Um, and, and I think that's one of the best of the bunch, but I think there was a couple of years there with, like, Muppets Treasure Island and Muppets from Space and stuff like that, that it wasn't great. And then, you know, Disney hired Jason Segel to have that uh, movie, The Muppets, which was fantastic. Uh, and they followed that up with just such a horrible sequel and then had that uh, – TV series on ABC that was kind of like The Office starring the Muppets, but the Muppets were cynical and not happy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't know. It, it, I, I didn't hate that show as much as everybody else, but it seemed like there was a, a strong dislike for that show. Uh, it doesn't seem like Disney understands these characters. And the interesting thing here, and correct me if, you're wrong, if I'm wrong, I'm not sure if you said this here, but the, the new show, the pitch for the new show is that it'll take place immediately following the Muppets Take Manhattan. I didn't say that. Yeah, okay. that's 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 what this report says. It's supposed to, to be in the 80s, basically, and the gang is disbanded by Kermit for some reason, and they all have to come back together when Rolf disappears. So, uh, yeah, it, it won't be a modern setting. So that that's interesting. I, I think that could be interesting for it because I feel like the Muppets – for some reason or not don't work in modern day they're just so classical um it feels weird it's almost like when you see these like uh even you know the new mickey shorts with mickey mouse they kind of set it in like kind of a classical way and i think that's because he works in those classical settings and you know it doesn't work kermit doesn't work with a cell phone um so uh the muppets take manhattan i think is my favorite of the Muppet movies. I know a lot of people love the original, the Muppet movie Um, more. Chris, what are your, what is your feeling on the Muppets and this news? You know, I really liked that Jason Siegel movie and I never even bothered to see that other one. What was it called? Like Muppets most wanted or something like that. Like I never even bothered to see that. So I don't, I don't, I don't know. Like I, I loved that, that Siegel movie. And I I think I actually rewatched it recently and I still think it holds up. So I, there's definitely a way to do the Muppets right, but apparently, like, Jason Siegel is the only person who knows how to do it, and he's not doing it anymore, so I don't yeah. know. And I, I mean, Josh Gad seems like the type of person that would probably love the Muppets. I'm not sure if him and a team with the Once Upon a Time creators, you know, they also wrote the, the screenplay for Tron Legacy. I'm not sure if that's the right team to bring them to life again, but... um I don't know. Uh, yeah, and they were also, I think they were also writer-producers on Lost for a long time, uh, Edward yeah. Kitsis and Adam Horowitz. So, I, yeah, all of that just, I'm not sure what to make of that combination because we don't even know if Josh Gad is going to be starring in this, but we just think that he's going to be executive producing it at this point. So he could star in it, um, and I guess he would maybe be a good fit for that. I don't know. He, he sort of annoys me as an actor more often than not, but... Um, maybe he, he would find a groove in, and, you know, work well in context next to the Muppets. I'm not sure. Yeah. And, um, there is, and, and recently, I think this was a couple of years back, maybe a year or two ago, they actually replaced the voice of Kermit or the, not just the voice, the voice and performer of Kermit, uh, because there were some difficulty there between Disney and, and, uh, the Muppeteer who had been performing Kermit since basically Jim died. So he was the guy that replaced Jim. And uh, so we really haven't seen Kermit on kind of the big screen with a new actor since those two, uh, which can be kind of interesting. I I listened to this podcast called uh, – I think it's called Podcast the Ride. 
I think it's the name of the podcast. And basically every episode they're talking about a ride in uh, usually Disney theme parks or Universal theme parks. And the last episode was about Muppet Vision 3D, which is uh, actually the last thing that Jim Henson directed um, before he died. And it is, I think it's like a two hour episode, but it, it, it dives into a lot of this and a lot of, you know, what should Disney be doing with the Muppets? And uh, so if you like podcasts and you like Disney rides, you should check that out. I highly recommend it. Uh, but let's move on to another sequel. And this is one that Chris actually does care about. This is the Halloween sequel. Uh, yeah, so the sequel to the most recent Halloween sequel slash reboot seems to be definitely moving forward at Blumhouse, and they, they're bringing in uh, writer Scott Teams to handle the script. He wrote um, the upcoming Firestarter remake, the Stephen King Firestarter. Uh, and yeah, so this this is um, – it's still very early stages, but it, it, it seems to confirm that rumor that – David Gordon Green and uh, Danny McBride are definitely not coming back for a sequel, which kind of bums me out a little bit because they did such a good job the last time. And I'm not really that familiar with the Scott teams work. But beyond that, it, it's expected that the, the three main leads, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis, Judy Greer and Amy Matichak will also be returning. So there's that. But beyond that, we don't know what the story is going to be. We don't really know what, is going to happen but it seems like it definitely is happening in some capacity yeah and he apparently turned in a treatment that that blumhouse and uh, everybody involved loved so yeah. uh chris i know you are a big fan of this franchise you loved this recent you were a big fan of that but i remember even in your review you were like i don't want you know saying that you really didn't want a, a sequel to this yeah, it's it's tough because on one level I do love the idea of you know more Jamie Lee Curtis kicking ass and you know more Michael Myers, but I felt like that film had such good like closure for her character that it kind of like robs you know the ending of that movie to bring Michael Myers back. Like, if anything, I'd rather it be Michael Myers going after you know new characters, but I mm-hmm. guess that's not going to happen. I mean, it could be also someone inspired by Michael Myers. I mean, oh, they've be done awful. that before. Yeah. No, don't do that. That would be terrible. Be terrible. <laughs> ben, do you have any interest in this Halloween sequel? Um, I'm right there with the rest of you guys. I, I feel like it really – they're going to have to have a very, very good reason to bring Jamie Lee Curtis back into that fold after what happened in the previous movie because that closure is so good. And I, I just don't know if they're going to be able to justify it. But uh, like I said – or like Chris said, I, I'm also not too familiar with Scott Teams' work as a screenwriter. So maybe he has a, a great pitch and, and he's going to be able to crack that code. But um, I feel like that's going to be a tall order. Yeah, I think it's going to be a, t- a tough one to follow up. Okay, let's move on to our last story. We like to end things with a downer here on Slash Film Daily. So we're going to talk about the, the consequences of this Disney-Fox merger that should uh, complete by the end of this month. Uh, ben, tell us about it. Yeah, this is unfortunate news, but we've known ever since the Disney Fox acquisition was announced that a lot of employees were going to end up as the collateral damage when when all is said and done here. And now a report from The Hollywood Reporter yesterday, this this they have this really in-depth piece about the impending acquisition and, and what's going to happen there. Um, basically, they said, uh, I'll just read the the excerpt here, uh, which paints a, a pretty grim picture for a lot of the employees there. Disney has promised $2 billion in cost savings, so more than 4,000 layoffs are expected, though Disney skeptic analyst Rich Greenfield puts the number at 5,000 to 10,000 over time. So that's a pretty brutal 
number um and we knew that like like i said this was going to happen um bob Iger, who's the ceo of the walt disney company has has really like defined his legacy at the company by acquiring huge uh, other company you know pixar marvel lucasfilm but when he did that none of those acquisitions resulted in really significant layoffs like this so this is a it's a tough thing for a lot of people and and we should explain it, it, why. I mean, you know, when you acquire a company like Pixar, there isn't overlap there. There isn't much right. overlap in jobs. But here, there's a lot of people doing the same things that could be, you know, the same jobs can be consolidated a little bit. Um, yeah, it says particularly in overlapping divisions like marketing, distribution, and home entertainment. So there is, yeah, there's a lot of uh, redundancy in turn, you know, if you're looking at it in terms of just like uh, uh, a bottom line, uh, yeah, these jobs are already filled. And when you, when you merge these two companies like this, there are going to be huge, um, <laughs> I don't mean like crossovers and like, yeah. uh, it, yeah, this is the sad part. This is the part where when everybody is, you know, dancing in the streets about the X-Men and the Fantastic Four coming to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is what that costs. To, to make that happen. And it's it's thousands of people losing their jobs. And and also, like, uh, you know, the thing that we've been talking about from the beginning, like, this is not a great thing for Hollywood. This is a studio, a, a studio that's been around for almost 100 years, getting completely subsumed by a mega corporation. And that's one less place for all these people to go to try to sell their stories and, and make movies. So it's it's uh, it's unfortunate news all the way around. And I, I did see some people responding to our story like, oh, but of course it's going to happen. Fox wanted to sell and anybody that they were going to sell to, this would have happened. And I want to say to re- as a response to that, no, that's not true. If Apple bought 20th Century Fox, that wouldn't have happened. There, do you know what I mean? Like they might have had a couple uh, layoffs, but there wouldn't have been that crossover that we component we were talking. Even if Netflix had bought 20th Century Fox – I don't think there would have been, you know, more than a few yeah. hundred uh, layoffs. It's because these are two studios merging that this is happening. Yeah, and this has never happened in the modern era either with with two studios like this. So, I mean, this is like an unprecedented thing, and it's I just my heart goes out to all these people who are going to be affected by this. And and the the I guess difficult part about it is a lot of them are just sort of hanging around in limbo right now because, like you mentioned, Peter, the deal hasn't officially gone through yet. I think we were talking about uh, at the end of last year, we had heard rumors that it might close on January 1st of 2019, but that didn't happen. And they're, they're still waiting on like government you know, regulations and, and oversights and stuff to uh, to get those approvals to actually officially sign the deal um, that is supposed to theoretically happen before the end of this month. But then even there, we don't know how long these people are going to have basically before the the uh, integration and assimilation of uh, Fox. <laughs> you into make it sound the like the Disney. Borg. I know that that's really what it is. It's it's almost as um, as like depressing as that. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm not sure how long, you know, it's going to take for this process to happen. But because it's unprecedented like this, it could be a while before everybody figures out exactly what the the new normal is over there. And I I do have to say that, you know, this number, 4,000 layoffs, I know you mentioned it in your thing that there could be even more over time, uh, but we don't know that number. That's just an estimate. 
we don't know. Maybe Disney and Bob Iger have a plan for some of these people. You know, they're opening their Disney Plus streaming service. Maybe that that opens the door for a lot of hires. And I don't know. Maybe I'm trying to be optimistic. I know it's probably doom and gloom for a lot, you know, thousands of people. But uh, I guess we will probably won't know until later this year how this is going to affect everybody. Um, yeah. But I guess that brings us to the end of today's Slash Film Daily. Ben, where can people find more of your work online? Uh, you can find me writing at SlashFilm.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ben Pears. Chris, where can I find you? Uh, also SlashFilm.com, and I'm on Twitter at Evangelista 413 You can find me at SlashFilm on all social media. You can find all the stories we talked about on today's podcast in the show notes and linked on SlashFilm.com. Uh, this podcast, SlashFilm Daily, is published every weekday on iTunes, Google Play, Overcast, Spotify, all the popular pod- uh, podcast apps. Please feel free to send your feedback, questions, comments, concerns to us at peter at slashfilm.com. And please go rate and review this podcast on iTunes. Tell your friends, spread the word, and we'll see you tomorrow. Okay, what what if the Halloween sequel is it's set in Hollywood and someone is taking on the mask of Mike Myers and he's going after actual like people from the movie like he's going to kill jamie lee curtis playing jamie lee curtis who played laurie stroud in the movies i mean that's just wes craven's new nightmare and also scream three i think there's like a hollywood yeah (laughs) yeah it's bad it's a bad idea (laughs) 